tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, good morning. You see how it's fun? People are telling about their favorite restaurants or businesses. You'll have an opportunity to share in just a moment, but it's great to be with you today. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and thanks for choosing to be part of this worship gathering uh, this morning. Glad uh, you responded to whoever influenced you to be part of our time together today, uh, whether it's either in person or online. Thanks for being with us. We do have fun here at Neighborhood Church, and we learn a lot from God's Word, the Bible. Now, what's interesting, one of the interesting aspects of our culture today is we do. We love to share and recommend, whether it's a church, a restaurant, a movie, a book, a podcast, a business to others. Uh, it's, uh, so, so what are? What are a few of those? Let, let's start with restaurants. What restaurant do you recommend? Olive Garden. That's great. I love the breadsticks and the salad that just keeps coming. What else? What's that? Fortune cookie. That's a great place to go. It's a good, wonderful place. Anything over here? Dominic's. Yeah. And someone we yelled over here. Gourmet pie. Yeah, great. They have some great food there. Good home cooking and stuff like that. Before this, somebody somebody recommended Del Taco. Okay. Um, it's you know everybody has their preferences, but what what's fun is when we can uh, when we when we have a, we get, and we even get a little excited about it, and we feel empowered when people respond. And we help others enjoy a new experience. Uh, we had an opportunity to be a good influence, uh, to be a trusted voice out there in the many voices that speak into our lives. And now some have even made a business of being, you know, that influencer. And, and, and some, it's been more to their self-service than it has been. We always need to fact check. But one of the things that we can rest assured of is that Jesus is a trusted influencer. Amen. Amen. Actually, God says so. In, in Mark chapter 9, verses 2 to 13, we'll get to that passage as we continue our series through Mark in a couple of weeks. Jesus brings Peter, James, and John up on the mountains called the Transfiguration. Some incredible stuff happens in the bright lights and others are there. And, and in the midst of all of that, God speaks. And it's written down what he says. Mark chapter 9, verse 7. In a cloud of overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son listen to him now the word listen means to hear to pay close attention to to receive what's being said to give heed to it to respond in conformity is to see jesus as the highest influence of life and we we should be responding to jesus's influence conforming Respond in conformity. All through the Gospel of Mark, <clears throat> Mark, the author, is, is proving who Jesus is and that he is worthy and worth being the most powerful influence in our lives and that we should follow him together. That's the name of our series, Following Jesus Together. And here in Mark chapter 5, which will be our text for this morning, chapter 5, verses 1 to 20, uh, it, it's an unusual encounter with Jesus and a demon-possessed man where Mark gives us four reasons to respond to Jesus' influence. For responding to Jesus' influence is both life-changing 
and purpose giving. But before we jump into this, uh, would you mind standing to your feet and let's pray. I'm glad that God brought you here. I believe it's by his divine appointment that you're here. Even by the influence that somebody had to have you and be here, you're here. And I know God has something for you this morning, so let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, for your great and amazing word and just the life of Jesus that we can look at and be in awe of and, and, and see him as that influencer <clears throat> in our life. And so God, I pray that you would use this time, that it would challenge us and encourage us and that we may learn something from your word this morning. For we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat, and whether you're online or here in person, you can grab the outline. If some of you are online, you can grab it uh, uh, over the webpage. If you're here, it's in your worship folder. Just fold over the, the uh, flap there, and there are some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen, and I encourage you to, to look those up and, and to, to write down some notes. Also, <clears throat> if you are here in person, you can, in the outside these double doors, and you turn left, there's a resource table there. There's a study guide available. If you're online, uh, you can just click around somewhere on the webpage and you'll get that and find the study guide. In there are all the answers to the fill in the blanks and, and all the extra verses we have there. There's also some great questions for personal study and as John was talking about, those who are in life groups use, many of the, our life groups use these as questions to kind of move forward in and to help our study in because our hope is, <clears throat> is that you would take this time in God's word as a launch pad for some personal study this week and, and we've done our best to try to help you with that on our webpage. There's a revive section in there, there's a number of articles and uh, the study guides and so forth, and there's even a link to our podcast, which we do each week that kind of helps us delve a little deeper into the study that we're doing and maybe sometimes take some sidetracks, which is always fun, but I encourage you to check that out every now and then. Uh, in the Gospel uh, book of Mark, <clears throat> this, this, this book that the Mark likes to bring out uh, Jesus' power, and specifically power against our enemy, the devil. In Mark chapter 1, verse 12, Jesus did not give in to the enemy's temptation. For the enemy is the father of lies. Actually, Jesus said that, and John records it in his gospel. When he, John chapter 8, verse 44, he says, You, he's speaking to the Pharisees there, you are the, of the father of the devil, you are, and your will is to do your father's desire. And he's talking about now the enemy, Satan, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar, the father of lies. And, and our enemy uh, is constantly accusing us, beating us down. As, as the book of Revelation talks about, verse, chapter 12, verse 10 says, we're tempting us like he did with Jesus. And yet in the gospel of Mark, Mark shows how Jesus is greater. That Jesus doesn't give in to the temptation that he casts out and silences demons and demons his, 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 the enemy's minions because in, as 1 John 4, 4 says, little children, you are from God. If you've come to the place where you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. That God is greater. If you come to that place of salvation in your life, God resides with you and God is greater than any force out there. Jesus is greater. He's stronger. He's smarter. He's more powerful than anyone or anything in all existence. And we should follow him and follow him together, responding to his influence. For responding to Jesus' influence is both life-changing 
and purpose giving. So let's look into these four reasons to respond to Jesus' influence found in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. <clears throat> the first one is Jesus is for all. If you have your Bible, open it up to Mark chapter 5, verse 1. If not, the, answer, or the Bible verses will be uh, on the screen or in front of me. Um, Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They, that's Jesus and the disciples, <clears throat> came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. Now, why did Jesus go to this area? By the way, if you're wondering about this area, the Gerasenes, in, inside the study guide, there's a couple of links inside there that kind of takes that study and goes a little deeper with it and talks about some of the controversy there and all about that area. But mostly it was a non-Jewish area. This was one of the earlier times that Jesus decided to not just be around the Jewish people, but then go now into the Gentile non-Jew territory. <clears throat> but why did Jesus go over to this area? Because he knew that there was a guy who needed rescue. Because Jesus cares about individuals. Jesus cares about you. Lorena just talked about how God loves us. He cares about you. And Jesus is personal. No one is a lost cause unless they want to be. I thought I was a lost cause. A punk kid, overweight, <clears throat> not really good at anything, at least that's what I thought about myself. Last picked in kickball. <laughs> no, you take McKay. No, no, you take McKay. I took him last time. Uh, I had a learning disability, and at that time I was just considered stupid. Um, they, yet they couldn't understand why I was score really high on the intelligence scale. Um, but I felt like a leftover. I felt worthless. I felt like a lost cause. But God, uh, in his <clears throat> incredible love and care for me, sent to me a friend. His name was Jeff. Jeff shared with me about God's love. And Jeff actually led me to a saving knowledge of Jesus. He led me to Christ. God cared about me. And God cares about you. Really, even one of the reasons you're here is because God cares about you because he wants you to hear that message. Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in a day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. He knows you. He knows all the things that are going on in your heart and life right now, and he cares about you. He cares everything, everything about your life, your struggles, your issues. He knows it all. Isaiah 41, verse 13 says, For I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. <clears throat> it is I who say to you, fear not, for I am the one who helps you. And part of your story most likely includes you coming to a realization that the Lord loves you. Or you're in the midst of a story. And you're here today because Jesus is working it so you would hear that he loves you that he wants to help you, that he, uh, he wants to heal you and rescue you and empower you and give you a hope and a future that is phenomenal. Jesus is for you. So join in. Follow him. Lean in and listen. Take in and pay close attention to his teachings. Receive what is being said and seek to apply it to life and give heed and respond and align life his way for responding to Jesus' influence 
is both life-changing and life-giving. And the next reason to respond to Jesus' influence is Jesus came to undo evil. And Jesus is more powerful than anything. Verse 2 of Matthew 5. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, remember he's coming over to the area of the Gerasenes, when he, <clears throat> when he crossed over and stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He had lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had been often been bound with chains and shackles, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down at him. And, and a voice uh, crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of God, Son of the Most High? I adjure you, by God, do not torment me. For he, Jesus, kept saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we're many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us into the pigs and let us enter them. And so he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and, and the herd, numbered about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. Wow, quite a scene. Uh, now, we're not sure if it was the demons that compelled this man to run towards Jesus or if this man, sensing these demons, were scared of Jesus, thought he might, maybe could help him from his torment. Uh, we're not sure which. I could just share with you a story that I know of. I, I it was... Um, we just started a, a young adult church. It was in Northern California. And uh, we were, it was crazy. It grew hugely in the months to, that we had it open. It was a Sunday evening church kind of experience. And we were there practicing and the music was playing and the windows were all open. And um, we're getting ready. And one of our volunteers, he was a greeter, uh, came to me. He was white as a sheet. And uh, he said, Mike, there's a guy outside he says he's demon-possessed. What do I do? I said, bring him in. So I brought him in, and, and I had our associate pastor there. Just I said, we, we sat at the table, and I said, would you just pray this whole time? So I brought him in and, and sat him down, and um, I said, so what's your story? He goes, well, I'm, I have this demon in me that keeps telling me to do stuff, and every time I do something, it's always trouble for me. I get in trouble. It hurts me. I hate it. I said, so why are you here? He said, well, I was walking by uh, and I heard this music and the demon said to me, don't go in there. And I just said, I'm so sick of him telling me what to do. I went in anyways and here I am. So I said, what, uh, what's he telling you now? And he looked at me and he said, whatever you tell me is a lie. I said, oh, really? So I opened up the scriptures and began to tell him about the love of Jesus and that Christ came that he might have life and be freed from this enemy that's within him. 
I talked about Jesus' power and his love and that he came and he was sacrificed on a cross and gave his life up for us to free us from sin. And all we need to do is to believe in Jesus and we will be free. So I asked him, do you, would you like to make that step of faith right now? He goes, oh, absolutely. So he prayed and he, he asked Christ into his life, believing Christ to save him from his sins. And you know, we all prayed for him and came up from that prayer. And I said, so? What's the demon saying to you now? And he looked at me with this big smile on his face. His whole countenance changed. He says, I don't hear anything. Jesus pushed out whatever was in his mind. Jesus has come to undo evil. 1 John 3, 8 says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appears, appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So let's let Jesus do his work. This man in this story in Mark came running to Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can cast down and out that which possesses us. See, the enemy wants to destroy the image of God. We are the image of God, created in his image. Every one of us. Not just the person next to you, but you. You bear the image of God. And the enemy wants to destroy that. He, this, these this de- demons, these minions, were having this person cut themselves and, and take over and do whatever they could to destroy humanity. But the demons recognized and gave honor to Jesus' power, kneeling before him. But even these evil ones were still trying to manipulate Jesus with a vow. Don't do this. And they do that with us. So we need to be wary. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I don't know if you've ever heard a lion's roar, but it shakes you. And a fear comes right from your toes all the way through your body. And we feel the fear. Yes, Lord. (laughs) We feel it. And we need to be sober-minded. Sober-minded means being watchful, being aware. You ever wonder why there's so much fear in our world today? The enemy is working. The key is to resist the enemy. 1 John 5, 9. Resist him, talking about the enemy, the devil. Firm in your faith knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. See, see, we don't suffer alone. Others suffer the same fate. And as these others let Jesus deal with their evils, so can we. We can come and in submission, kneel to Jesus in his way of life, be firm in our faith. In other words, understand and say, yes, this is what I believe. That Jesus is the powerful one. That Jesus is our rescuer, our savior, our deliverer, our helper. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. We're submit. We're to kneel before Jesus. To put him as that highest influence in our life. And that's difficult today. Because we're so self-driven. 
Everything runs through the, the, the thing of self. My emotions, my thoughts, my, my drive, my determination, all self. And we're taught to, to love ourselves and self-care and all these kind of things. Not that self-care is not bad, but it's more let's, let's care ourselves as the way God wants us to. See, these, these demons recognize Jesus as greater. The question is, do you? Do you recognize Jesus as greater? Jesus did ask the name of these inhabiting spirits. We're not sure why. Maybe to get this guy to realize the focus of his issue. One of the best ways in healing is to name our issues. Actually, in your outline, there's an opportunity to write down what's one issue you're dealing with. What is one issue you're dealing with? Maybe write that down. Naming it is a great way to start the healing process. So why the pigs? Well, there's a, a lot of speculation and there's a um, link in the study guide to explore some of those. Uh, could be because they were unclean. It could be a lot of reasons. But you can look at our study guide for some understanding for that. But no, Jesus is here to undo evil. So let's move away, each one of us, away from evil. And there's a lot of it in our world today. It manifests in all kinds of ways. Judging is one way. When we judge other people, the lack of love is another. Obsession with self is the one that always is present. We need to let Jesus deal with the evil around us. To come to him and to kneel before him and to, to ask of his power to, be, to push away the enemy out of our life and out of our mind. See, responding to Jesus' influence is both life-changing and purpose-giving. Another reason to respond to Jesus' influence is Jesus brings identity and dignity. Look at verses 14 through 17. The herdsmen of these pigs that fell into the sea, the, the herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the, and in the, count, in the country, and people came to see what was that which had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. That's kind of an interesting response from the crowd, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but I want you to see that Jesus brought both dignity and identity to this seemingly hopeless man who was definitely abused by others. Remember we just read about how he was constantly being bound, put in chains, brutally treated, but Jesus rescued him here in his right mind and clothed. Clothes brought both identity and dignity in the ancient world. Nakedness was shameful and clothes revealed social status and that you were connected to family and a society. Even today, it's, it's, you ever watch the red carpet uh, on those premieres and uh, different award shows? Uh, the uh, announcer on the red carpet would say, who are you wearing? <laughs> it's an identity. But the Bible encourages us with who we're wearing. The Bible says we're to be clothed in Christ. Galatians 3, 27 says we're to be baptized into Christ, clothed 
in Christ. To be baptized, the word literally means to dip into. It was actually used, the word baptized was used as a, uh, to, to, to describe how cloths were taken and dipped into dye, where the dye would, in, the, in the water would, would permeate the cloth and it would come up changed. That we're to be so into Jesus that we're changed. We, we, we listen to him enough that we conform to be like him, like his character, to do what he did, to take on his attitude in life. Romans 13, 14 says to be clothed with Christ is to take off self. It says to put away the old self. <coughs> but to put on Christ, to be clothed with Christ. When you see the word in the, in the New Testament says put on, it literally means being clothed with and how we do that, Galatians 2.20 really makes it clear. We have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's to die to self and to live life Jesus' way, finding our identity in him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 puts it this way. Therefore, as anyone is in Christ, in Christ means to come to that place where you believe in him. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. It's living out who we now are. So why then did the people want Jesus to leave? We're not sure. We weren't there. And the scripture doesn't tell us. It could be Jesus' power is intimidating or so real it required a life change, but these people were not ready to do that. Or just the great loss of the pigs. Regardless, they wanted Jesus gone. And so we'll read in a moment that he left. Jesus gives us the dignity of our own choices. He's not going to force himself on us or his way of life. It's a choice we make. But I can tell you, as 1 John 5.12 says, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So why not be clothed with Christ. Take off the old self and be dressed in Christ, choosing to let who Jesus is and what Jesus does or, or, or to, to be what we do, what we put on for responding to Jesus' influence is both life-changing and life-giving and purpose-giving. One last reason to respond to Jesus' influence is Jesus gives us a mission. Look at what happened, verse 18. As he, that's Jesus, was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with the demons begged him that he might be with him, but he did not permit it, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, as a place of many cities, how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Jesus was safe, comfortable, a way to get away from all the bad memories of life this demon-possessed man had, an escape. But Jesus sends him back, for his life experience was powerful and influential. In John chapter 9, verses 1 to 25, the religious leaders tried to disqualify the miracle of, of Jesus giving sight to a blind man. But the healed man's testimony was just so powerful and actually in John 9, 25, it says, the blind man said, I was blind, now I see. What a powerful testimony. 
this demon-possessed man had that same powerful testimony. God wants us to share our story about Jesus. I love um, Christy Stoddard and her husband, what they did. Christy, why don't you come on up here? Um, ask her to come and just share a little bit about her story uh, with you. And she can tell that her picture's up on the screen. This is Christy and her husband. Come on up. Come on, stand right here. Uh, you can hold this. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so tell, tell what, did you, what did you do? We see the sign. We see you're up there. Okay, so my husband, he purchased the Jesus is a Reason um, signs at the local swabby here at Cypress College. There was about 60 of them, and his, he really loves Christmas, and everyone gets caught up with what Christmas is, but he really wanted a reminder to people what Christmas really is about, which yeah. is Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, and so that, that kind of what motivated you. I know you, when you, you and I talked, you talked about how you really wanted to get the truth of that out. Yeah, so I think what the drive behind that was um, we re recently had the Pray for Our City sign um, located in our yard, and we would watch daily people um, walking their dogs, stopping, looking, commenting, sharing about the sign and how they felt just by having that. So I think the drive behind that was getting these signs into our neighborhood, um, my cul-de-sac street behind me, in front of me, just to get it um, out there, spread the word yeah. to our neighborhood. That's awesome. So, so what, are, what are some of the results? You had some people, some neat things happen to you. Why don't you share about that? Um, so I took the, my neighbor, she's 90, and <laughs> we went walking. Don't let her fool you. She's probably in better health than I am. <laughs> and uh, let's see, and uh, she didn't want a sign in her yard, but she went with me to spread the word out with... Um, you know, myself, we went out there. I didn't know what I was going to say to these people. Um, I talk a lot, and obviously when I got up to the door, I didn't know what to say. But the sign said it all after I knocked on the door. Mm -hmm. And usually, like you always say, God will give you the words. The mm -hmm. sign was the word. Mm -hmm. um, so that was easy to engage with people. Um, speaking back to my 90-year-old uh, neighbor, she didn't want a sign in her yard. She was like one of the last ones <laughs> to not put one yeah. after seeing that the cul-de-sac was my challenge to get it done mm -hmm. she came over and asked for the sign so um that's <clears throat> just was like great to come home walk you know drive walk see people commenting yeah. you know just happy so i had a neighbor she um wrote me a really nice letter about what we accomplished um, we received people came knocking at our door, left me Christmas cards. I don't even know how they knew it was my house, but somehow they did. <laughs> and I would just like to share um, the, the little nice note that someone left me. Because when you don't think that you're being the light of the world and you're sitting quiet, um, just know people are watching you. And it's kind of encouraging, yep. you know, to know that your light does shine on people amen so yeah. um let me just read a little story here yeah okay. so this is from my neighbor karen she's down at the corner of the cul-de-sac so which kind of helps so it says thanks christy for the jesus is the reason for 
the season yard sign for the holidays. My old happy birthday Jesus sign was dilapidated and went away worn out of cardboard years ago. I had been wanting something to replace it for a while now, but due to life getting more involved in the last few years, it was low priority on my to-do list. When you came by and asked if I'd like to have the new beautiful sign ready to go in the yard, I was so pleased and thankful. It felt like a small way the Lord provided for us not only the things that we need, but the things our hearts are hoping for as well. As Gary and I ride bikes through the track, it was lovely to see how the signs in almost all the yards from our street behind in front of us. I appreciate the Stoddard's generosity. Christy, you are bold to envision our little neighborhood all proclaiming the reason for celebrating Christmas, for doing something about it. Well done. Love you, neighbors. Karen. Amen. Amen. That's great. Thank you, Christy. Really appreciate you sharing that here. Okay. And that's all it takes. Just going with something that's as simple as a little sign that says Jesus is the reason for the season. Um, what could you do? Who could you share your faith with? In your uh, worship folder, there's a place to say, what, what, what are three, three names that God would give you that maybe over the next couple of months, maybe a year, you could have an opportunity to share the blessing of Jesus, the, 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 the blessing Jesus is to you and, to, and share it with others so they can enjoy Jesus too. You see, because responding to Jesus' influence is both life-changing and purpose-giving. You know, we tell people to go to our favorites all the time. Uh, why not tell them about Jesus? Respond to Jesus' influence, for Jesus is for all. Jesus came to undo evil. Jesus brings dignity. Jesus gives us a mission. And responding to Jesus' influence is both life-changing and life-giving. Will you pray with me? Father God, just thank you. <laughs> I thank you for Christy's story, Lord, in just a neat way that uh, you allowed her to have an influence in her community. Lord, people drove by and they noticed uh, these signs and were drawn to you. And Lord, that's what you ask of each one of us, that we're a signpost, <laughs> a signpost to you. You sent this demon-possessed man, no longer demon-possessed, back to his own country, so people could witness what happened. You, you've sent us into our homes and our workplaces and our schools and our neighborhoods, community, to be that signpost for you. Help us to, to be that. Lord, help us to follow your influence in our life so that others may know you and find the help and hope that's in you, we pray. Because of you, Jesus. Amen.